He was homeschooled his whole life and grew up with four moms. He is now working hard to make a difference in this world. We are talking with entrepreneur and author Calvin Wayman. I was born with several palsies. I have always felt small. I was told not to take risks. I may be blind, but I teach people how to see. And I'm proud to be an individual. This podcast is for you, the unconventional leader. Maybe you are the one that everyone discounted. Maybe you struggle with fear and self-doubt. We are here to empower the next generation of self-starters to step up, use their voice, and make an impact in this world. You're listening to The Weekly Parody. What's up? This is episode 01 of The Weekly Parody Podcast. I am your host, Heather Parody, and if you have been following me for a while, you know this is technically not episode 01. We've been podcasting for about a year and a half, but decided to relaunch the show and just put together a format that was better suited for the audience we're trying to reach, and I just rebrand this show, so I'm super pumped moving forward. If this is your first time listening, this show is dedicated to what I call the unconventional leader. I deeply believe, and I go more into this on episode 00, if you're interested in the philosophy of the show and why this show's here, please check out episode 00 where I break it down a little bit more, but short version is I deeply believe that some of the most powerful influencers in the world were those who came from unconventional places and have led in unconventional ways, and my hope is that we inspire this next generation to step up, use their voice, and make a difference in this world. There's too many apathetic people out there. I hope that is not you. I want to light a fire for you to step up and use your gifts and your callings and do what you were created to do. But I'm not going to go back on my soapbox. You can check out episode 00. Uh, I'm so excited to welcome this week's guest, Calvin Wayman. I have been binging this dude's content for several weeks now, and I'm so honored that he jumped on this first episode with us. He is super real and authentic. It has a crazy story, crazy story, which he'll dig into a little bit more. But In this episode, we talk about how to make really hard decisions when you're transitioning from day job into kind of entrepreneurship or doing your own thing. And even if you have a full-time job and you don't plan on quitting, just getting into that mindset of how can I make a difference? How can I use my gifts and my talents for a greater good? How can I step outside the box and like his book says, be a fish out of water and do things differently? How can you navigate that space and make decisions that most people kind of look at you like you're crazy? How do you find the resolve within to know that you're doing what you're supposed to be doing? How do you tap into that intuition and know and know that you're on the right track. We dig into that and a whole lot of other topics. Uh, Before we get started, if you have not subscribed to this podcast, please head over to iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts and hit that subscribe button. And if you're feeling extra generous, you can leave us a review. Would Love that. Anyway, without further ado, here is Calvin Wayman. So um, I'm a regular dude with, I guess, a not so regular background, something I'm coming out more with. I came from a small town of five adults and a few dozen kids. And that small town was actually the home I grew up in. So I actually come from a large polygamous family. 
Uh, I have uh, one dad and four moms Mm. and more than 40 brothers and sisters. And while I had- You just said 40. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Like 44, I think is our number. Um, (laughs) I'll have to double check and recount them. But um, while I had an amazing upbringing, I mean, as you can imagine, a lot of love to go around. Um, I decided to chart my own course and it's been about three years now. I left my safe, secure bubble of everything that I always knew. I was homeschooled my entire life. Um, Mm -hmm. and until I went to college and that kind of opened my eyes to a lot of stuff. And then I started my own entrepreneurial journey about three years ago. And it was honestly one of the hardest things I've ever done, but it's, (coughs) excuse me, it's been one of the most fulfilling things as well. Um, and I've just been trying to share everything every step of the way, uh, on my YouTube show, now my podcast on social media. Um, so I quit my day job and then just been trying to document these areas of transformation that, uh, at the, at the time they were just hypotheses. They were guesses. They were, they were going with faith saying, this is what Tony Robbins is saying, or this is what Gary Vaynerchuk is saying. They saying they're saying that a regular overweight in debt person like myself that comes from an isolated background can do this stuff. I'm going to see, and I'm going to document it. So I went from deeply in debt to paying off $53,000 to be officially debt free. Uh, my health's been transformed. I've dropped over 50 pounds. Um, I've started a few small businesses and I've been documenting everything on social media since then. And so if you were to break it down into three main things, I guess I'm a writer, entrepreneur, and a keynote storyteller. I have my YouTube show, Making the Millionaire. It's my vlog where I document the journey. Uh, my book is Fish Out of Water. And I created something called Making It With Money. It's a six-week boot camp that basically it forces families to get out of debt and entrepreneurs to get their money right. It's based on something I call behavior-based money management. And yeah, I write for Entrepreneur Magazine, the Huffington Post. I have my own blog. and. Um, I have my top rated podcast, Curious with Calvin Wayman. So yeah, that's me in a nutshell from a homeschooled polygamous kid that's uh, just going after it. That's that's me in a nutshell. Yeah, I listened to that. Definitely check out his podcast. Like I said, I've been binging it. It's so good. Um, But he actually has an episode on there that he's being interviewed by someone else and just really breaks on his story of... Uh, his background and the religion. Yeah, it's re- it was. Re- I learned so much. It was really interesting. So you guys definitely check that out. Um, but I kind of wanted just to start the conversation with, you know, I, I consume a lot of content. I think everybody in this mm-hmm. space does. It's very, the, the message almost is just kind of restated over and over again. Very general yes. statements. I think why, because I was, I was asking myself, like, why do I like this podcast so much? And why do I like his stuff? And This is my conclusion. I think it's you treat people of all levels exactly the same. And you're very, Mm. you know, whether because you talk to kind of, let me say this respectfully, kind of the smaller guys and the bigger guys and people all in between and all levels of success. Totally. You, your tone doesn't change. The way you treat people doesn't change. And I'm like, that's why I like him and like his stuff because he doesn't see positions and levels. He sees human beings and he addresses it like that. That is interesting feedback. I've gotten something similar um, and something I didn't realize I was doing consciously. Somebody else mentioned to me that there's this interesting balance they couldn't put a finger on because I'll drop bombs sometime 
on my show, but then I've had some people on and, and subconsciously like they're more like if they're more like I'm no longer part of religion, but if I have people that have come on my show that have been religious, I've somehow unconsciously toned down, not, not making them uncomfortable with my F bombs. And like, I guess, yeah, just with subconsciously wanting to respect people where they're at and their boundaries. So that's cool feedback that you're noticing that. Yeah. And then too, on the, and there's another side too, you're very transparent and honest with your journey, which I think is another interesting thing because in the self-help entrepreneurial space, it's almost like this fake persona of like, Oh, I got all my stuff together. I'm balling. I'm making all this money, you know, and people aren't very real about, (laughs) yeah, they're not real about the, just the grind and the, you know, tactical stuff that's going on. And, you know, you started this YouTube channel where you're documenting your first million and just being Mm -hmm. very, honest about where you're at and not fluffing stuff. And right. I just kind of want you to speak to that. What is your motivation behind that? What is your thought process when you said, I want to show up in the world this way? Oh, so many things. So one thing that how you're just made a noticing thing about me, one thing that I've come to lately when I've kind of analyzed that is I think it's not that there's anything really like, I don't want to say like, mother Teresa ish like like i do want to do good but a bigger part of it too is i'm just playing the long game instead of the short game because i think the reason a lot of people go for the putting the money on a bed on instagram and taking pictures of it as though it's their own when they've probably got it from their dad or showing that their life is better is i think they're going for the short term result whether that's a click or a like or a sale and it probably came from me following Gary Vaynerchuk early in my journey, but it's just been beat into my head. And actually before, because I was journaling and doing stuff before Gary V, so maybe it's the reason I even stuck to him, but he mm-hmm. definitely pounded in that I'm just playing the long game, meaning I'm playing a holistic game. I'm not playing like second by second. I'm like, what's it going to be at the end? What's the score going to be at the end? And with like documenting, one side of that is if you're just doing short game stuff, you're going you're gonna to get smoked out of your bullshit eventually uh, in, a, in an age where everything is recorded in some sense. I mean, we have our phone, we have everything like it's going to be found out. So I guess mm-hmm. I'm playing the, the eight mile M&M thing. I don't know if you ever watched the eight mile. I actually haven't seen the whole movie, but I know the one famous scene where at the end doing, during the rap battle, M&M, uh, he has to go first. So he tells on himself type of a thing. And there's something powerful about that because then the other person can't like it takes away their power in, in, in some sense. So I guess that's a piece of it. Now here's the other piece. This is where it originated, especially when it comes to the YouTube show. A lot of things I haven't talked about very much that I'm starting to open up more as I speak more and as I'm out there or as I'm coaching people on social media on how to step out somewhere along the way somebody will say oh well that's easy for you to say Hmm. uh like you're so outgoing you're so public but then they don't know my background they don't know what i just told you in that i actually no it's not easy for me to say like i came from a very isolated background in a sense and i was completely socially awkward like this person that people see on social or on stage and stepping out, this son of a bitch was created and molded. Like when I was so shy and so awkward 
when I first even got on Facebook, I, I didn't even have a profile picture for like two or three years. It was a picture of Calvin from Calvin and Hobbes because I was afraid to put myself out there. My, one of my companies is called Cobbs, Cobbs Media, my social media arm or social media management. That name comes from several years ago when I decided I was going to start writing online and I came up with an alias so nobody would know that it was me. Like it's Calvin and Hobbes put together. And that's just another thing that shows I was afraid of putting myself out there. So I tell you this to kind of know where I started with the YouTube show, but where I decided to pull the trigger and start documenting was in this, <laughs> excuse me, in this space of, of getting started, but desperately hoping it was all true. And what I mean, it was all true by like hearing the stuff that Tony Robbins would say, or any motivational speaker or Jim Rohn that you can design your life in that desperate hope. I was like, man, where's somebody I can look to mm-hmm. that has documented their journey from zero to nothing or from nothing to where they wrote risen. Like I always heard story of the Oprah story or Jim Carrey or Will Smith or the rock, all these people that made it. And I was inspired by the stories, but I would then go and try to find them when they were me, when they were regular people, you know, not celebrities. Because I think when somebody's where I started, it's easy to look up at the billionaire, the millionaire, and to say, well, easy for the millionaire, the billionaire to say, but I just, it just clicked with me early that no, it's not easy for them to say they were me. I have to believe that. Yeah. And then I was like, if that's true, that they started where I'm starting. What if I documented it? Because what if, <clears throat> what if somebody else could follow along the journey as it's happening? Because if it takes all this process, man, how much is lost in the process? How much is lost in translation of the story? What lessons are in there that are missed just because the person that's going through it didn't have the self-awareness? What if it was documented so that somebody where they're specifically at could go and watch it and learn a lesson that you didn't even know you're, you're teaching in a weird sense. Yeah. And so that's where it started, man. Um, I was just like, what if, what if I was the first one to, to document it? And cause it'd be cool if I did. And the real thing was, is what I'm doing right now is who am I doing it for? I'm doing it for myself. I'm doing it for my younger self. I'm doing it for who I was two years ago, three years yeah. ago. So when I'm on that camera, that's what I'm thinking is what, what would I be saying to my younger self? And then the final thing is it was it, what it really helps with is man, is it ca- accountability? Like, you know, you're, Truth. you're sharing yeah. what you're doing. And I think that's kind of kept me in some action a little bit, but yeah, those are all my thoughts around why I started it and why I'm doing it. Yeah. You correct me if I'm wrong, because like I said, I'm just starting to really dig into your content and really learn more about you. But from your book and uh, the podcast, to me, it sounds like you know you've only been doing this for about three years. And yep. I, what the way I'm interpreting this is that you're cool, you're willing to play with different things and things not work out, and quit them, scrap them, and try something else. Because like I know you said, you know, you mentioned in the book that um, you know instead of planning everything, sometimes you figure things out by doing things. And totally. yeah. And so you've, you did door to door sales at one point. I think you were in network marketing at one point. Now you're yep. doing social media, you know, you have a heart. So can you kind of talk to us a little bit about that of navigating the ups, the downs and the quitting stuff and starting stuff and all while being authentic and real online. So 
the authentic unreal is just a decision. You have to just be like whatever you stand for and believe in, it's really showing that. But I think going to the quitting thing and like what to do. So what I, what I've been doing on my journey is, is doing what I, what I really think is my next step. Like it's not like I'm just dabbling in a whole bunch of stuff and being very unintentional. The thing that I've noticed with myself when I was starting and a lot of people that I've talked to in private conversations is the biggest hurdle is they don't know what their passion is or they don't know what that thing is that they're meant to do or called to do, right? Mm-hmm. Like they're like, what should I do? How should I do this? So they get stuck on this how all right. the time. Right. Or, or even when they decide the thing that they're going to do, they don't know how they're going to get started. So what my whole thing is, is with planning is planning the whole purpose of it is to get started. Like that's it. Like it's to know what the first step or two is. Mm-hmm. It's to get in the game because there's in entrepreneurship and going after your ideal life. There's so much that happens in a good way. Once you get started, you learn way more than you could possibly ever know just by sitting on the sidelines or listening to an awesome podcast or an audiobook. When you're in it, that's where the true learning really comes. And that's really where you find yourself. So I started off with door-to-door sales. I was doing network marketing concurrently with my day job. Since my th- in my three-year journey of entrepreneurship, I haven't. So okay. I started in door, door knocking for a very specific purpose. I knew that entrepreneurship was going to be a lot of hard knocks, so to speak. So why not attack it by me going and doing door-to-door sales and being proactive and get like punched in the face, so to speak, getting doors slammed because I knew that if I could develop that, it would make stuff like getting on a podcast simple. Like when I started, like getting interviewed would have been so intimidating, but it was like developing that skill by leaning into it is what really helped. And then as far as like starting other things, like, uh, when I was doing the door to door sales thing, one of my first online businesses was a course on helping people do live streaming on this mm-hmm. Periscope app. Oh, I remember those days. And I love Periscope. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I, I guess I was considered one of the first early adopters. I d- got into it. I was at the first Periscope Summit um, oh, in New York cool. City. Cool. And it was fun. So at that time, that was the next step for me. By the way, I would not, when I quit my day job, I had no idea what Periscope even was. It was being in the game and having the awareness of that, like always looking for what my next step is, is what, how I felt, fell into that. And when Periscope came is what made me realize I like social media in general, which made me start my social media agency. Mm-hmm. And so things just stack by, by moving and staying in the game and you become aware of stuff on the court and in the arena that you can po- cannot possibly be aware of when you're on the sidelines or out of the arena. It's yeah. the exact same thing of uh, this idea of, I don't know if you ever bought a car, but sometimes when you buy a car, uh, you start to see that car everywhere else. You know, mm-hmm. you become more aware of it. Or if you put something on a vision board, you start to notice it around. Or when you like, when you, when you just condition your mind by being or seeing different things and you're exposing yourself to something else, you start to notice it. Yeah. So that's why I think planning can't like, you can't get so caught up on planning or even sticking to the plan. You got to be adjustable because if you're in the game and going after it, 
you're going to start seeing things and noticing things that are only in the game that you couldn't see otherwise. And you'll create this awareness that will get you to that next step that you couldn't have predicted just by sitting at the war table planning what your next move is. I can relate to that a lot. I I don't know if you know this. Um, I went to school originally to be a therapist and Mm. I loved, I loved sitting in class and learning about theory and the why people are so weird and crazy and you know all the stuff you learn in in school about that but then it was crazy whenever school was over with and I was sitting in a counseling session talking with somebody I struggled with it so bad because it was completely different I'm like we just went through two and a half years of training and I have got it so you're saying that the that the real thing was even different than what you were trained a hundred percent a hundred percent and I'm like why did we not and I understand the reasoning behind it because you just don't want to send, you know, somebody fresh out of wherever to a counseling session, but you have no idea what your job's going to be like until you're doing it. And you have no idea whether you like it until you're doing it. And you have no idea whether you're good at it until you're doing it. And so I was kind of screwed because I spent 2.5 years and thousands of dollars (laughs) to figure out at the end, I didn't like it. And what I hear you saying is you're saying that kind of reversing it where you're going to get in the game and start doing the work to figure out. Oh yeah. You you will learn way faster. If you were going to race somebody that's going after a four year business degree Mm -hmm. and they're going to go learn all this in college. And I can say this by the way, because I have a four year business degree. If I was going to do it over or was going to teach somebody, you would go way faster. If you just like, Oh, I'm going to start a business today. Yeah. And then you just sit down and write it and decide it. Like that was something so cool with, I just interviewed three kids two eight-year-old twins and a 10-year-old and they all have their own business and it just shows that like it made me realize how much we get in our heads Mm -hmm. as adults with fear or thinking that business is just for corporate execs in high-rise buildings in New York City or something like that but no it's not like these kids didn't have fear so they're just doing it anyway if you could get in and learn Mm -hmm. you would have way more context yeah to uh, business than the person that's just studying it like, on a global sense on the sidelines. Yeah. A hundred percent. Now, you know, all this is risky. And so if you're kind of in the game and you're learning as you go and you're testing things and, you know, changing things up here and there, that's one thing. Uh, I just interviewed someone a minute ago who is a single guy, no kids or whatever. And he's talking about, I'm glad that this is my time in the life. I can do this. Mm-hmm. you're married, you have kids. I'm married. I have kids. Yeah. I feel like I have yep. two too as well. And, um, I hear that a lot. People saying like, Oh, I need to get this done before I get married. But you yeah. quit your job while you had a baby. It was like your first, yep. I believe. So, yep. uh, talk to me about that. How you were willing to take the risk even with your responsibility? I wasn't going to have less kids and I wasn't going to have less responsibility. Yeah. It's an interesting story. Actually. I, I was crippled by fear, like a lot of people. I wanted to start my own business, but I w- and I was gonna <laughs> and I was gonna do it when I got to a certain point, had a certain amount saved, had all these conditions. But I just had to be freaking honest with myself and look at the past two, three, four, five years and notice things weren't really moving that fast. Meaning, I wasn't really making a difference in my in my pursuit of creating my own business and going after my own thing. So one day I I just in a, in a mode of dissatisfaction, I projected myself 10 years in the future 
and basically had a conversation with my 10 year older self. Mm -hmm. And in that conversation, I realized I'm not getting any younger. My kids aren't getting, my kid isn't going to get any younger. I'm never going to have less than a single kid. God forbid, if anything happened, but I'm probably gonna have more kids. Therefore, I'm going to get more responsibility. So what am I waiting for? If like, if I don't do it now, when? And then I thought, well, what if I just keep <laughs> delaying it and delaying it, kicking the can down the road? What if I wake up in 10 years, not only nothing has changed, what if the fire that I have right now to do something, what if that fire died? Yeah. The fear of that being my reality was so frightening to my soul, like the deepest part of me, the part that I, I want to lean into the most, the part that gives me life is what made me say, you know what, I would rather have the, not just integrity, I would rather have the self-respect that I went after it than later on in my life, knowing myself, even if I was the only person on this planet that knew I didn't go after it. Like if I would have stayed in the corporate world and got like a awesome salary of 250 a year, a million awesome CEO and it wasn't my own thing. But in the back of my mind, I knew that I did not have the self-respect enough to go after what I really wanted to go after. Mm -hmm. I, I wouldn't have been able to live with myself. Yeah. And so I was like, I would rather go and fall flat on my face than wake up and nothing has changed or not never go after it. So that's what did it. I don't know if it's technic if it's me being totally brave because I have a family and whatnot. Uh, I think it's just my it was in a in a way my only option. I was just finally getting honest with myself and realizing that. Talk to me about that deep knowing where it's like this gnawing pulling at you. This is your desire mm -hmm. and you want to do it because I don't know about you. I've had so many conversations where people where I'm, I have to tell them like, you know, it's okay if this isn't what you want, like being a business owner or doing your totally. own thing because they feel almost this guilt and pressure in this culture to do your own thing and whatever. There's such a difference. I think totally. people who it's something in them, like pulling at them and yes, talk to me about that a little bit. How do you know? So how do you know? So a question that I ask myself in that is it's a very interesting thing because to even get to that space, you need to get into a space of complete silence, complete being with yourself. Mm -hmm. But when I'm deciding if I'm, if this is the direction I want to go, I play with a couple thought experiments, a couple questions. One of them is if I'm thinking I should take a step on something, I'm like, will I be doing this eventually? Meaning hmm. like, without time involved because sometimes the only thing that's holding us back is like the fear of timing or anything like that so one of the questions i asked myself will will i be owning my own business business eventually yeah i would want that to be the case and then i try to ask myself what would i be doing if i wasn't being advised by fear if i could be doing exactly what i wanted to do without fear advising it what would it be Meaning, would I really be at this day job? Would I really be being a manager or would I be starting my own business? Would I be designing my own life? Would I be doing something that I'm in control of the ship to go make the impact I want to make? And when I'm not, when I'm being consulted, when I'm, when I'm suspending the fear with asking those questions, it becomes super, super mm -hmm. clear. 
And that's helped me get through a lot of stuff. Like when I had low points and I'm like, holy shit, do I have to go back to a day job? Should I go back to beg for my job back? I don't know where I'm going to make money. If I asked myself, well, what's, what's really having those thoughts? Is it the part of me that is just being a practical husband and father? Or is it my fear? And if I can suspend my fear for just a second and like, well, what would I want to do? Where would I want to make money over the next month or two? And I realize, well, if I really got to pick, it would be in this area. I realize it's fear that's just being so freaking loud. Hmm. So those are the couple things that I think help me find that knowing is would I be doing it eventually? And what would you do if you could just pause fear for just a quick sec? consult your deeper self, like just play with that thought experiment. You have no fear. You can do what you want to do. What is it? Like if you're being honest and if I'm being honest, like this has helped me, like there's never in a million years I'd be an employee. That's just not like yeah. whether like I, if I was going to end up on the streets and we were going to be starving and I had those thoughts of should I enjoy being an employee? That's one thing, but that's still my fear talking, not my real true self. My real true self was I would use that time as an opportunity to get creative and figure stuff out and hit another breakthrough. Yeah. Like that's, that's how I tap into my deep self. I hear you. Uh, I was at a several months ago, I was at a job interview. Um, I was playing with the idea, just getting a job, doing it. And I was sitting there waiting on them to call me and I was sitting there and I look over, there's this magazine rack and I actually saw entrepreneur magazine, the one you were, you know, mm. And I literally start tearing up and having all this emotion come up. Um, just like, I do not want to be here. I want to do my own thing. And literally whenever the, the interview happened, everything, I got offered the job. I started crying when I got the call that I got off your job. And I told my husband, I'm like, huh? and he's like, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, I don't know. And he goes, you don't want to do this. Why are you, why can't you just listen to your natural emotions of like, hey, yeah you know, most people would be happy. So you need to pay attention to what, what's going on. I feel you. Yeah. And what I think here is another point here is just to highlight, I think when people are trying to decide, we're, I think we're trying to run from discomfort sometimes. Like we need the money to pay rent or all this mm -hmm. stuff. If you find the thing that you know you want to do, maybe it is, maybe it's, it's being real with yourself and saying that you like, no, really, like you, you were just like you were wanting to be an entrepreneur because of fear, because you didn't want to be viewed badly by your entrepreneurial parents. That's one thing. And maybe being, uh, being like going in corporate is more what your soul wants. But let's play with the idea that being an entrepreneur and doing your own thing is the calling. Mm -hmm. Sometimes fear like gets in the way and makes us like we just want to be so stinking comfortable. And that's what's really making us want to make that decision is the fear of being discomfort or being uncomfortable, like running out of money for rent and those types of things. So the, the main point I want to make here is when we do that, when we know our soul is an entrepreneurial soul and we go against it and get a day job, we are missing out on a huge opportunity that comes in that adversity. Because in my experience, what that adversity gives you is the ammo, the, the doorway to break through to get to the next step. And that's why I am so happy that when I quit my day job, I did something insane like moving two states over and doing door-to-door -door sales. Because it put me in a position where I, I couldn't really contemplate uh, – 
going back to a day job. I signed my name on a year lease. So I had to figure it out. Yeah. And that figuring it out made me have to dig deep in parts of myself to go out on days that I did not feel like going out on, to face people that were rude, to say, I demand this of life and the universe. And I'm going to take control of myself and take control of the situation and 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 create this life that I'm wanting to create. And it created a completely new standard from that adversity that I would not have had if I would have just said, I don't like the feel of this adversity. I better do something more comfortable and go pick a day job up for yeah. a second. So I just think the main point I want to highlight there is, dude, do not do not squander the the opportunity for adversity because it can be huge in helping you get that next step. I hear you. I love that. Uh, what is, what is, you talked about the long game kind of, uh -huh. you just share with us a little bit about your vision, like where you want to go from here. Well, there's super long term of wanting to really have a massive impact pack. The one that I'm stepping into this year is I want to have a, it's, it's my first major, major legacy move where I want to make a, a massive impact in this area. And it's helping people get their money right. Because I was growing in a big family like that. You can imagine money was tight and everything. But I had, I adopted a lot of poor mentality. Yeah. A lot of things that messed me up in terms of my money. So a lot during this whole transition, I found myself deeply in debt. And there's no reason I should have been. Except like, I mean, I'm a first generation college kid. I'm doing things to grow. And I found myself $53,000 in debt. Uh, so it became my mission at that time to reverse it and figure out why and to get out of debt. Long story short, I became completely debt-free for the first time in my life and I've stayed debt-free. And my mission has been to transform other people's financial life in a permanent way. Yeah. And what I have found is most of the information on money, whether that's making money or how to budget or how to do money management is backward. It is focused on the wrong things. Similar to like how we talked about at the beginning of this podcast, how people aren't in the game, they're on the sidelines. Mm. And in my experience, the way I got good with money was not just by information and math. If information was all we needed to be successful, then we would be the healthiest people on the planet in America. Yeah. Right? And, and we're not like how much, mm -hmm. how, how many people are, are overweight or, obe or obese. So what's the, so what is it? What I've discovered is it's not just budget or even your bank account. It's behavior. It's mm -hmm. how you behave around money. So I, I started a company that like, that's our whole focus. My whole focus is I have this six week boot camp um, called the six figure secret. And this entire six week boot camp is designed to completely permanently shift your behavior with money. And it's been a lot of fun, man. Uh, by the way, I don't mean to call you man. It's just what I say to anyone. Oh. That, it's like my dude. But it's been so fulfilling. Uh, the last group of I – br I, I bring people in. It's all online, so it's mm -hmm. completely done virtually. I bring about 15 people in together. And I do that very strategically using the mastermind principle that when you are surrounded by people going after a common goal, 
then that momentum pushes you and it affects your behavior. Within that group of 15, you have an inner circle. So it becomes even a tighter knit that you learn from one another based on the content that's there. And then within that, you have an accountability partner. Because when you say that you're going to do something, you're more than twice as likely to actually get the result. And the last group of 15, they paid off almost $100,000 in debt within six, in six weeks. That's what's up. That's awesome. Like, so it's freaking working and I'm seeing it. And, and my whole goal that I tell people that come through is my goal on, on day one, I tell them my whole goal with this is to completely ruin you. And what I mean by ruin you is you cannot go back. When you are given like a cool strategy, that strategy can, is, is only relevant at certain points. Like if somebody gives you money, like if you win the lottery, you can still lose it. Uh, and you see that all the time. So it's not just about how much money you make. It's about what you do with the money you do make and the behaviors you have around that. And so that's what I'm just so passionate about is giving that to people mm-hmm. because that will change their entire legacy in their family for the rest of their life. And it's just been super humbling to get to be a part of that and see those changes in some families and entrepreneurs' lives. So that's my main legacy piece that I'm focused on right now. It's so needed in this space. Oh my gosh, especially with all the financial risks and all this stuff. So, okay, to learn more information about that before our last question, can you just kind of share where people can connect with you online, plug in with that boot camp? The very best place is to reach me at calvinwomen.com. The boot camp is always by application because it's not cheap. Mm-hmm. Just be totally upfront with that, but it just works. Um, you'll find it somewhere on my website, but <laughs> the uh, the link right now for our next round is calvinwayman.com forward slash apply. Awesome. So if you go to calvinwayman.com forward slash apply, then you can apply, give me an idea of where you're at and why you'd be a good fit and uh, we'd go from there. But otherwise to stay in touch, um, social media, man, that's the best way to reach me, Facebook, Instagram. You can just reach me by searching Calvin Wayman. Awesome. All of that will be linked up. And my last question. Um, so this is a totally selfish question because I just want to know. Oh, do it. Um, my entire podcast is selfish. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's exactly the intro to it. I've been listening to the way you put things together. I've just been rethinking everything that I'm doing online. I'm like, he, you know, you hold, you hold my attention a lot by being just very plain. Like, Hey, I want to know this for my business and I want to figure this out because I'm curious about it. And uh, again, that authentic, that authentic piece of just, uh, you know, even bringing the microphone into a coffee shop and hearing the rustle of that and stuff. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, why I want to be more like that. I want to show up more real and produce content that has more value in it. Because to me, that's value. Um, so completely selfish question, um, from, you know, you're, you're further ahead in this game than I am. What are some of the basic things that you've done that you think were the biggest game changers as far as ownership or podcast specifically, or just, uh, showing up online and producing value, giving value to people. What do you, what do you, what would you say that is some game changing things that you've done? Honestly, the biggest thing that I've done is surround get in the circles. Cause I say, when you say surround yourself, it, it feels like you can actually just say, Hey, Russell Brunson or Gary Vaynerchuk come in my circle. But yeah, the best it's, it's the opposite. It's the more proactive. You're not going to, or you're not making them come to you. You're going to them. The biggest thing that I've done that has helped the most bar none is getting into circles of badass entrepreneurs, getting in the circles 
of where other people are doing it. Because again, dude, that's the secret. I'm just a monkey see monkey do yeah. type of a guy that I can like, I don't, I didn't realize how much I am. Like you can go buy all these courses and on how to do this stuff. But what's way cooler is when you are rubbing shoulders with somebody that just had a super sick launch or has a podcast mm-hmm. or like if that's what you want to do or just barely publish their first book. Yeah. Like being in circles like that is what has been game changer. When I wrote my book, yeah, I could have bought a, a, a course on it, but I would rather just say, Hey, Pat Flynn, like you just barely launched, uh, this book. Uh, what was the book at the time? Like, how did I just Will space? It fly? Will it fly? Yeah. You just barely launched it. Like how, like, what was it like? What'd you do? And having a conversation for 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, at an event that he's at completely changed. Like the size of my book is literally the size of his book. Like I just took the model of somebody that just barely did it. You just start rubbing off. So doing that, like in, like if you're going to quote unquote, go into debt for anything, the one thing that I'm a major fan of is investing in yourself and investing in yourself in a way that will make money back. And my definition of dumb debt is getting in debt on something that cannot pay for itself. Mm. Like a car cannot pay for itself. And even your own personal home often will not pay yeah, for itself real. if you plan on living in it forever. So, so what is, what's, what's good debt? Good debt is something that can pay for itself. And doing something like joining a mastermind where it's a group of high-level players, that can pay for itself. Literally just being in the room will pay for itself. Hiring a business coach, somebody that's been there, will pay for mm-hmm. itself. So yeah, just come bring it down to that one thing that's helped me online with my book, with my podcast, with everything that I've, that I've done is getting in the room where badasses are. A- attending events, joining masterminds, or hiring a coach. Like that's that's been it for me. Big thank you to Calvin Wayman. You can check him out, calvinwayman.com. And on social, you guessed it, at... Calvin Wayman. All of that will be linked up in the show notes. And real quick before we go, we have a private Facebook group that I would love for you to be a part of. If you are an unconventional leader wanting to make an impact in this world and need to find your tribe, head over to Facebook and put in unconventional leaders in the search bar and I will be sure to add you. Thank you guys. Love you. I'm in your corner and I'll see you soon.